millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Thanks for downloading Changing Politics. This is a political podcast hosted by me, comedian Gronnie Maguire, and journalist Marie LeConte that chats about the week's news and highlights issues that you, yes, you, can make a difference to. Now, because the first half of each week is topical chat, we reckon you might not be bothered to download old episodes. Some of them are so old, they were recorded back when Boris Johnson was in the Cabinet. So while we're off over the summer, we're re-releasing all the features we've done on how you can get involved in changing the way politics works in this country, which are less topical than the first bit of the show. They're only 10 to 15 minutes long, so we hope you enjoy this new bite-sized form. This podcast is a feature from the first episode we did. It highlights the campaign for better treatment of people with mental health issues in police custody. As a quick update, Shaney's law passed its third reading, so it's now with the Lords and should be back in Parliament to become law in the autumn. So thank you to anyone who actually emailed their MP about it. And congratulations to Steve Reed MP, and especially to RG and Conrad Lewis, for all their brilliant campaigning on this. That said, to learn more about what Shaney's law is and why it was needed, here's the feature from the 29th of June 2018. We're going to talk about a serious issue now. Gronje, do you want the stats on death in police custody? Honestly, not really. But we should talk about it because it's important. And actually, there is something we can do to make things better. So since 1990, there have been 1,655 deaths in police custody or following contact with the police in England and Wales. According to stats from 2015, if you get arrested, there is a 1 in 33,000 chance you will die in police custody. And if you're BME, there is a 1 in 14,000 chance you'd die in police custody. So just for comparison, there is a 1 in 100,000 chance you'd die by skydiving. In fact, the charity inquest found that the proportion of BAME deaths in custody where restraint is a feature is over two times greater than it is in other deaths in custody. And the proportion of BME deaths in custody, where mental health-related issues are a feature, is nearly two times greater than it is in other deaths in custody. OK, let me play devil's advocate for a second. So I think the reason why we don't know as much about this, or it's not reported as much, is that it's difficult for people to have sympathy for people who've been arrested, because in their head they think, well, they've been arrested, they've obviously done something wrong, and they're reluctant to sort of give them the benefit of the doubt. And people are thinking, oh, well, it's sad that obviously these people have died, but then they shouldn't have got arrested in the first place, so... It's sort of very confusing situation. Well, let's look at a specific example of someone who died in police custody. A 23-year-old graduate, Shaney Lewis, died in police custody in 2010. 
We spoke to his parents about it. I'll let his mum say what happened. In 2010, he had a mental health episode. And after a, a few days, we took him... Well, he wanted to go to the hospital to seek attention. And we took him to what we thought was a safe place. And uh, eventually, after we left him at Royal Bethlehem, he wanted to leave and... They had assured us that as a voluntary patient, he could leave at any time. But instead of calling us, they called the police. And eventually, 11 policemen restrained him into prolonged episodes. And um, he died. But what was so upsetting was that when his body went limp, they thought he was faking it. And so they left the room, left him, didn't give him any medical attention. The door locked. They had to find the key. They opened the door. Of course, by then it was too late. And and, um, all the medical staff had said that if he had had medical attention before they left him, then he would probably have been alive. That story is absolutely horrifying. It is, and that's just one story. There are so many more out there, and they're all horrific. So what happened to the police responsible? Well, in the case of Shaney Lewis, there was an inquiry, but it was flawed, so it got thrown out. So then there was another inquiry, and that got thrown out too. Then there was an inquest that found the police and mental health services to be at fault. Then six police officers faced private metropolitan police misconduct hearings last year, seven years after his death. They were cleared of any misconduct. In fact, there have been no successful murder or manslaughter prosecutions relating to state agents such as police or prison officers involved in the death since inquest began monitoring in 1990. OK, but do the police accept that there's a problem? Well, the police federation say that any death is a death too many, but that the police don't have the resources or funding they need to properly tackle the problem. This is so depressing. It is, but at the same time, there are people out there fighting to make things right. Here are Shaney's parents again. Most of the full story came out during the inquest, which had taken six, nearly seven years to get to, because um, during the initial investigation, there were some watch-ups by the IPCC. The court ordered them to reinvestigate. It took them another two years before they got around to a conclusion. Then we went to the inquest and between the bad lies or the obvious lies they told, everybody saw through the police's statement and they were indicted, you know, heavily. But as they say, the inquest is only a fact-finding, it's not a fault-finding affair. Over the course of the seven years, we found out bits, you know, dribbled, you know, information came out. But, you know, like Conrad says, it was the inquest that we really found out all that was happening. And, um, yeah, it took seven years of pain and heartache to eventually get to the inquest. But it was worthwhile because, you know, we did find out a lot of information that was very harrowing and um, very upsetting. And um, we listened for 14 weeks. And I think the jury deliberated for about 10, 12 days. And eventually, 
you know, after a, a lengthy narrative, they found out that there'd been excessive, unnecessary force and um, that Shani's life could have been saved. Uh, this, um, the eight years happened, I'm still not in a good way. In the sense that it, the whole thing depresses me. And I would not like to see another parent, another father, speaking for myself, to feel the way I do. Um, you question yourself. You question everybody around you. You know, what did we do wrong? We thought we took him to a place of safety. You know, but it's my fault for taking him there. So you blame yourself. It's my cross to bear for the rest of my life, and it's not an easy cross, but... One of the satisfying things will be if this law goes through and it stops another parent, another child being killed in this brutal manner. Because it was a violent and brutal death. I can't imagine how they get over what happened to them and they're so dignified and they're so positive and they're so brave to experience what they had. It's so cruel and so unfair and they did all the right things and they still lost their son and the fact that they're determined to try and get some something good to come out of it. I just think it's absolutely in it's just incredible that they've that they've uh, able to turn what this is absolute horrible tragedy in their life to try and improve things and make sure that it won't happen again. Oh no, it is absolutely incredible. And actually, you know, that's what their MP Steve Reed is trying to do as well. So he's pushing a member's bill that can stop horrific incidents like this happening again. I caught up with him about it. I had the opportunity to bring forward a private member's bill and having been made aware of the problems and the injustices in the mental health services, I wanted to do something to correct that. Now, the issues that led to Shaney's death, to me, are built on racial bias in the system, if that's the right term to use. There are assumptions made about young black men, schizophrenia, drugs and violence and aggression, that leads to them being subject to much more severe forms of physical restraint and medication than other people that are presenting with the same problems. Now, in extreme circumstances, that leads to injury or even death. Now, to dig into what's gone wrong, you need access to statistics and data. But um, mental health hospitals or other places where mental health patients are treated do not record the use of restraint, force, in the same way. So you can't compare one hospital or trust with another. You can't compare one part of the country with another. So the first thing my bill intends to do is to standardise the way that data is recorded every time force is used about against a mental health patient. Second point is all police called into a mental health unit will be required to wear operating body-worn video cameras. That alone, according to uh, academic research that I've seen, will reduce the use of restraint by around 50% where, fit, where police are involved. That's a good in itself. But in addition to that, it means there is evidence available to show if restraint is used inappropriately. It also protects the police in case there are allegations that are untrue uh, against them. So I'm pleased to say that the police are supporting that proposal. Third thing the bill will do, it will require every mental health hospital to have in place a policy on reducing the use of force. Uh, they should always use 
uh, de-escalation techniques rather than resorting to force or violence against somebody. And they will also need to appoint a senior manager who will be publicly accountable for ensuring that force is being reduced and that staff are being properly trained before uh, they're involved in using force against patients. And finally, I want the bill to trigger an independent investigation every time there is a death in a mental health hospital. No parents, no person should have to battle for seven years like uh, Shenny Lewis's parents did just for justice after they've lost their child in such traumatic circumstances. And I also want the families of the people who have died to be given automatic legal aid because you've got a very unfair system. There's not a level playing field when the authorities have access to the highest quality legal advice, but families, many of whom have no idea how the justice system works, are just left to flounder on their own. But who actually supports it? Everyone. It's really well supported across all parties. We were at the committee stage and they said at that stage that it showed Parliament working at its best because all parties supported the bill. There was no opposition. OK, so that member's bill should sort it out, right? Wrong, because actually since I did that interview, it went to the Commons but got talked out of the Commons by Philip Davies. And actually, I mean, you might have missed it. You know, you remember that day when Christopher Chope actually talked out the upskirting bill? That was the same day. So, you know, you've got kind of Philip Davies and uh, Christopher Chope, like, you know, Batman and Robin, but dicks. <laughs> what is this what they got into politics? They're like, how can we shit on people's lives this week? It's, I mean, you know, their argument is that, you know, they're actually, it's not the bills they're against, it's actually the parliamentary process of having sort of like private members' bills and stuff. But I, I don't know, I, I don't even have words and I'm just, you know, I'm not sure there's anything polite I can really say about them. And actually, as a matter of fact, you know, if you don't find that distasteful enough for you, the way he actually talked out that bill was by reading an incredibly detailed account of what actually happened to Shaney the day he died. And actually, so Shaney's parents were listening. And Philip Davies was aware of the fact that Shaney's parents were listening as he did that. It's really hard to know why certain people get into politics. You like to think they they think they're making the world a better place, but it's very hard to, um, uh, to sort of understand other people's reasoning at times, isn't it? It is, but, you know, on the bright side, people haven't stopped fighting. It's coming up again for the third reading in Parliament and they really need MPs to support this bill. If 100 MPs turn up to vote, Philip Davies or anyone else actually can filibuster it the next time. And that's why Mrs Lewis is so passionate about getting support for this. 6th of July, we're having the third reading then and praying that um, it goes through because the next stage is the House of Lords. We really, I mean, it's so important that people get their MPs to vote, to come to the House and vote on that day. Um, often we're there, well, we, we've always been there, and there are very few MPs that appear in the chamber. They might be in their offices, but they don't appear in the chamber. So it would be wonderful for, you know, if everybody could get their MP to go to the chamber and vote and make sure that, you know, silly games are not played because really it was a, it was pretty pathetic, you know. It wasn't a very good, um, good uh, picture of democracy. It really wasn't, you know. It was, um, it was pretty, pretty childish. Members should turn up to sh save the future of our children, the future of us, because... Um, the bill is to save the lives of these young children who are going to be our future. 
it's not a frivolous bill of any kind. No, it's not. It's you a, know, serious so a serious bill to help us move forward. Mm. And for them to come out and give it the support it needs without the filibusting or the political games that do happen still in this day and age. OK, so what can little old me, as in regular person, not an MP, do? Well, you and everyone at home can write to your own MP. It's really easy to Google your local MP. There's an online form you can fill out to contact them. It takes five minutes. You need to tell them to turn up to the House of Commons to vote for this bill because it's going to raise accountability, it's going to make sure that police officers wear body cameras and it's going to make sure that police work with and not instead of hospital staff. We just need 100 people and there are 73 MPs just in London. So come on, we can do that, right? OK, so let's write to our MPs, pass this bill and fix deaths in police custody once and for all. Absolutely. And um, actually, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to this feature-only episode of Changing Politics. You can follow us on Twitter at Changing Polypod and Facebook, Changing Paul, for more information, including when we'll be back with new full episodes. Until then, thanks for listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.